So if you have a Bible today, uh, I want to go to Acts chapter 10. We're going to kick off kind of a Lent series called Ignite. And we're going to be looking at these um, eight core practices that will ignite your faith. So if you've ever been in a place where you feel like there's no fire, like, like I'm just not on fire right now, I'm just not super excited about really anything with God, I don't want to admit that in church, but I'm just not feeling it. These eight practices, I guarantee you, are what ignite a fire, what ignite your faith. And these are eight practices that we see in the early church. In fact, this series is going to be looking at the book of Acts. If you don't know this, the book of Acts is all about the birth of the church and how the church got started. And we see these eight practices in the book of Acts. So Acts chapter 10 is our, going to be our first practice. So today, I want to talk to you about finding divine direction in daily devotions. Finding divine direction in daily devotions. Anybody need any direction in your life? Direction? Well, let's go to this. Luke chapter 10. And I want, I want to start in verse uh, 19. Let me kind of set the story up for you, okay? There's this guy named Cornelius. He's a Roman officer. An angel appears to him, gives him this vision, says, go get Simon Peter. He doesn't know who Peter is. He doesn't know Peter's the leader of the church. He doesn't know Peter's the leader of the Christian movement. He just goes, go get Peter. So he sends a couple guys to Peter. And when he sends him to Peter, at the same time, Peter has this crazy, weird vision of these birds and these reptiles. He has a vision of bacon, that we can now eat bacon because of this vision. Can I get an amen? amen? We have bacon and ham sandwiches thanks to Acts chapter 10. Come on, somebody. That's good news. So, <laughs> thank you. All right. Uh, so, in verse 19, it says this. Meanwhile, as Peter was puzzling over the vision, because he wasn't supposed to eat those things, the Holy Spirit said to him, three men... Uh, have come looking for you. Get up, go downstairs, and go with them without hesitation. Don't worry, I've sent them. So Peter went down and said, hey, I'm the man you're looking for. Why have you come? And they said, well, we were sent, and this is what I just told you about. We were sent by Cornelius, a Roman officer. He's a devout, God-fearing man. He's, a well, he's well-respected by all the Jews, which is a good thing to tell Peter because the Jews don't really, they're not real friendly with the Romans because the Romans are oppressing them. So he's like, is this guy gonna, what does he want from me? And like, no, no, he's good, he's cool. And so he, he knows that. And he says, get up, go downstairs. And so he goes downstairs and, and, and he sees the guys and they tell him about the, the angel appearing and instructing him to summon him to the house so they could hear the message that Peter had. So it says this, Peter, in verse 23, Peter invited the men to stay for the night and the next day he went with them, accompanied by some of the brothers from Joppa. Now, skip ahead, go down to verse 44. So here's the thing, Peter goes to the house and he starts telling them about Jesus because he was a God-fearing man, but he didn't hear, know the story of Jesus. And so he starts telling them about Jesus. And when he tells them about Jesus, this is what happens. Even as Peter was saying these things, telling them about Jesus, the Holy Spirit fell upon all who were listening to the message. So the word that God wants to say to you right now is this, while the message is being preached, the Holy Spirit can fall upon you. It's not me, it's not Peter, it's not what I say, but it's what the Holy Spirit is going to speak through me. You have no idea how many times you come to me and go, hey man, I really needed that. And I'm like, I don't even remember saying that. But it's because the Holy Spirit today, if you're open, if you're ready, I'm telling you, he's going to fall on you. And you will have a visitation and an experience of the Holy Spirit, but you've got to be open to him. This is good preaching right now, and I haven't even prayed the opening prayer. 
But if you're not open to him, if you're closed or resistant to him, you're like, well, I don't know. I never hear from God. God ain't ever going to talk to me. He can't talk to you. He can't talk to you any more than a defiant teacher, teenager listens to their parent, right? The moment you get in an argument with somebody, a spouse or your parents or whatever, and the moment the person does this, you can be talking, but are they listening? No. So we got to be open. Oh, man, this is, I, I got to get going. I'm sorry. For they heard them speaking. Now, here's, here's why. Here's, so the Jewish believers who came with Peter were amazed that the gift of the Holy Spirit had been poured out on the Gentiles too, for they heard them speaking in other tongues and praising God. That is what is going to happen to you when the Holy Spirit falls on you. You are going to leave this place today praising God. Father, in this moment, we ask for that. We would ask that your Holy Spirit would come, that you would come in your divine presence, that we could sense you and know that you are here. If you're not a follower of Jesus, I want to encourage you in this moment just to open yourself up, just unfold your arms and say, all right, what do you got for me, God? I'm, 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 I'm listening. Just a simple thing like that. God, I just pray that you'd also just speak through me that I, I'd only say what you want us to hear today in Jesus' name. And if you're ready, would you just give me a big old amen? Amen. All right, you may be seated. Have you ever uh, lived the perfect day? You know what I'm talking about? Like you, you got, you, you like bounced out of bed and you were like, good morning, world. <laughs> Whoa. Like you came around the corner and your kids were standing there fully dressed. They've eaten breakfast. They're giggling with one another and tickling each other. <laughs> you go and you get in the car. Turn on the radio, and there's your perfect favorite song on the radio. You don't talk about like, oh, I love that song. And you head off to the school, and you pull into the, the little drop-off lane, and, and your kids, they bounce out of the vehicle and skip off to class. Goodbye, dear children. You turn, and you drive to work, and you get to work 15 minutes early. You walk into work, and your boss is standing there with a hot cup of coffee and a promotion. Ah, you just bound through your day. You come home. What a delight it is. You sit down at the dinner table. Everyone is gathered on time. The children are all smiles. They're eating all their food. There's this, this light tattering of conversation. So beautiful. You look right down, and you can't find your children. Why? Well, because they've bounded off to bed. They bathed themselves. They put their own PJs on, and they're neatly tucked under the covers. Ha, ha, ha. So you sit down to watch your favorite show on Netflix while your spouse rubs your feet. Hmm. <laughs> and you kind of just drift off to sleep that night singing, What a wonderful world. Nobody has ever lived that day. <laughs> no, it, it, I think uh, really the reality is, is it's, you know, the alarm goes off, but you don't hear it. What wakes you up is your seven-year-old in your face going, wake up, wake up, wake up. 
You get up and they got to be in school in like five minutes and you're rushing around. You're like, get in the car. And they're screaming at each other and pulling each other's hair. He touched me. I didn't touch you. You touched me. You're like, ah. You shove a Pop-Tart in their mouth. Get in the car. Zoom off to school and get into the lane and you're just, you're, you're cutting people off and you're like slowing down just enough that they can stop, drop, and roll out of the vehicle. You look in your rearview mirror and like one of them's still wearing PJs, the other one doesn't have shoes on. You're like, they'll live, <laughs> you know. Race off to work, you're not on time, you're late, you're like 10 minutes late and your boss is standing there and he looks like something out of an episode of Stranger Things and you're like, ah, you just somehow make it through your day and then you come home but you're not going to have dinner around the table because man, you're rushing around because I got to get the kids to practice and so you have a Mick dinner. You rush off to practice, you throw the kids out of the cars, you're pulling away, they're still in their PJs and they don't have their shoes on. You rush home, you just fall into bed, and you collapse, and the song that you're singing is Jesus Take the Wheel. That's the song you sing. That's my life. <laughs> what, what if things could be different? Like, what if, what if in the midst of the chaos, you could be certain that God was directing your steps? What, what if you could know that what you were doing was exactly what God intended for you to do? That you were actually living out amongst all the chaos, amongst all the noise, you were, you were actually living out the purposes and plans that God has for you. That you were, that you were headed in, in the right direction. Like, that you were making the right decisions, that you were confident that this is what God wants me to do. What, what, if, what if you could wake up a, in a decade and look back and see the hand of God in, in your life? I, I, I think it's possible. I, I think it's possible to live each day, even in the midst of all the chaos, knowing that God is directing my life. We see this here with Peter and Cornelius. These were two men who, who saw this happen in their lives. I mean, look, look at Cornelius. Go, go back to the beginning of the story. We didn't read this, but let's read it now. Acts chapter 10 and verse 3. It says, This one afternoon about 3 o'clock, Cornelius had a vision in which he saw an angel of God coming toward him. So this angel, as we said earlier, this angel told him, you need to go get this guy named Simon Peter. So he does. He sends a couple of guys, which is what you do if an angel appears to you. I mean, if an angel shows up, first you wet yourself, and then you, you do what the angel tells you. Trust me, if an angel appeared to you, you're doing what that angel told you to do, all right? Forget what your wife told you to do. I'm doing what the angel told me to do, all right? So he does what the angel tells him to do, and, then, and so then we read in verse 9, the next day, as Cornelius' messengers were nearing the town, Peter went up on the, and this is the key to what I want to talk about today, he went up on the, say this with me, the flat roof to pray. It was about noon, and he was hungry, but while a meal was being prepared, he fell into a trance. In other words, he, he had this vision, is what some translations say, or he had this, this dream. And so here's what's happening here. Peter and Cornelius, they have no idea that they are on a collision course 
that is going to change human history. I mean, think about this. A Roman soldier, a Roman officer, is going to meet a Jewish fisherman. These two never associate with one another. They don't like each other. You'll see later in the story, if you read it, that, that Peter, when he goes to Cornelius' house, he's like, dude, I'm a Jew. I'm not even supposed to be here. It's against my law to do this, and, but, I'm, but I'm doing it because God told me to do it. And, and so they don't ever cross, cross paths. But yet in this moment, God divinely directs their steps to accomplish his plan. Could God divinely direct your steps and accomplish the plan he has for you? I, I, I think he can. I, this is what I believe. I believe that God has dreams for you. I believe God has visions for you. I believe he has big plans for your life. He, like, he wants to give you direction for your family. Who can't use direction for their family? Like, what are we supposed to do? Where are we supposed to go? What's going to happen with my family? God wants to tell you and give you visions and give you plans and give you dreams for that. Listen, if you don't have a family and you're single, God wants to give you a vision for a family, for a spouse, for a mate, for somebody that he wants you to date. He wants to show you who that is and what that looks like. Could God possibly want to help you with, with the career, with the aspirations, with ministry that he wants you to do and how he wants to lead you, how he wants, to spend, how he wants you to spend your money? Yes, God wants to give you a vision and a dream and a plan. He wants to speak to you about the future. And so that's what he does here to Peter and Cornelius. Now, the thing we have to understand here is that up to this point, Christianity is, is mainly held among the Jewish people. It is not spread out to the Gentiles. But what's crazy is this one encounter. I mean, just stop for the, think about this real one. This one encounter changed the course of human history. Peter opens up the door and it opens up Christianity to the Gentiles, to the non-Jews. Like, Put it in perspective, we would not be worshiping here today if it was not for these two men. They opened up the door in order for us to hear the gospel of Jesus. And in the same way that God spoke to them, I believe that God wants to speak to me. He wants to speak into your life. He wants to give you divine direction. And listen, the steps and the things that you do today will shape your future. What you do today, Sunday, not Monday or Tuesday. I'm just talking about today. Can you, could you imagine, like, you're kidding me, just the little things I'm doing, like going to the store and doing it. Yes, the little, things, the little things that we do when they are divinely directed by God not only affect our future, but it, it ripples out into future generations. God wants to speak to you. He wants to speak to me. And here's what I would like for you to write down. Um, and this is kind of what I want to talk about today. I want to camp on this today. And so after you write this down, you forget about everything else I'm saying, get on your Facebook, update your status, whatever you want to do, but write this down right now, okay? Divine direction is found in daily devotions. Divine direction is found in daily devotions. Like Peter and Cornelius, they were both in a position to receive divine direction. And we can't receive divine direction unless we are in a position to receive it. 
So when, when, you, when you look here, look at the story, and I won't read the scripture, but look at, look at the story here. Peter, he was praying. Where was he praying? He was on a what? On a he was on a yeah, flat rooftop. He was up on a rooftop. It was about noon. And Cornelius, he was praying at about 3 o'clock. Now, why is that? Why were these men doing this? Well, the reason they were doing it is because they were both committed to prayer. They, they had a daily discipline of prayer. Why? Because it was the Jewish custom. Both of them were upholding the Jewish customs. And that was that the Jewish people, even to this day, have certain times where they stop everything they're doing and they pray. In fact, last year when we were in Israel, we pulled off of a, the interstate and we were at a convenience store and we pulled off and we saw this. These men, it was about sundown and these Jewish men had gotten out of their vehicles, come out of the convenience store, were standing in the parking lot and facing towards the temple and were praying. It was their custom. So here's what I, I think you ought to do. Tomorrow, when you go to Quick Trip, before you get your taquito, you, I'm kidding. No, you don't have to do it. You're like, really? Seriously? No, no, this is just a custom that like you look in scripture and, and you say, where is that in the Bible? It's not in the Bible because it was their custom. But listen, even though I don't think we have to get out of our cars at quick trip, I do think though that we do need a time and a place. You need a time and a place where you are taking time to pray and be in the word, where you have a daily devotion, where you're talking to God and God's talking to me. I, I talked about that a couple weeks ago. I'm talking to God, God's talking to me. I'm talking to God and God's talking to me. We need this point of daily devotions and Peter and Cornelius all had this. Now here's the thing about Peter and, and Cornelius. For them, th this was a daily devotion, not a daily duty. Look at the, what it says about Cornelius. Go back to verse 2. It just says something simple about him. He was a what? He was a devout. He was a devout, God-fearing man. In other words, he was, he was devoted to God. Cornelius understood duty. I mean, he was, a, he was a, a, a Roman officer, and so he knew as a Roman officer that, you know what, I give the orders, they listen, and they go obey them. So a soldier comes, they listen, they don't say a whole lot, I tell them what to do, and they go do it. And here's what we gotta be careful of. If we're not careful as followers of Jesus, our daily devotion will turn into daily duty. Well, I gotta read my Bible, check. Well, I prayed, check. Got my orders for the day, did my duty. And it becomes kind of this this transaction that we have with God. And listen, think about, think about your family. You know, when, whenever a, a family uh, does anything out of duty, it just never functions. The family doesn't function right whenever it's done out of duty. Like if you're spending time with your family out of duty. You ever done that? No? Am I the only one that's ever spent at, just out of duty? Like, <sighs> Every teenager in this place, you've done this, right? Oh, mom's making me go. I gotta do my duty. But even as moms and dads, you know, you come home and you're like completely exhausted and they're like, yeah, will you play Legos with me? And you're like, oh. And you're just kind of like half putting the bricks together. <laughs> you know, your, your kid's like, dad, dad, dad. And you're like, but you're doing it. You're not really doing it out of devotion. You're doing it out of duty and there's nothing there. 
What I've seen is, and you've seen is that we know that families that thrive are devoted to one another. They're devoted to one another. In, in other words, they, they are motivated by love. It is an expression of love. The reason they want to be together is because they love being together because of the love they have for each other. This is Peter. Peter, the reason he's up on, on the rooftop is not out of duty. Yes, he's, it's a discipline for him. And yes, it's something that he does as a Jewish man, but it has nothing to do with duty and, oh, I got to get up on the rooftop. For him, he's like, I walked with Jesus. Like, I walked with Jesus, I knew him, and, and, and he's not with me anymore, but when I get up on the rooftop, I can walk with him in the spirit. So Peter, although he's like, I can't be with Jesus in the flesh, I can be with Jesus in the spirit, and so for him, he's motivated by his devotion, by his love. This is what daily devotion should look like for us. It should be this divine encounter. Like where I just get to, man, I get, I get to just sit with God. Oh, man, I just get to sit with him. I get to, I get to talk with him. And, and then he, he talks to me through this crazy thing called, called the Bible. It's like, to me, I think daily devotion should be like having coffee with a friend. Just sitting down and just hanging out with God. One of, one of the things that when, whenever I'm doing my God time is I like to just sit and not say anything and just sit with God. I'll read the word and, and I'll just kind of sit there. That may seem kind of weird, but I don't think it's weird because think about the people that you love the most. You ever notice that you can just sit with them and not say anything? And you ever notice the people that you don't know very well, that you're most uncomfortable around? Do you ever feel like you got to fill up the, the, the empty space, like the quietness? You're like, it's just awkward. If somebody say something, somebody say something. And so you just start talking and rambling, you know, because you don't really know them that well. And I, I wonder if sometimes that happens to us because we don't know God that well. And we're not comfortable. And I wonder if maybe sometimes we're doing all the, I'm just wondering, if sometimes maybe we're just doing all the talking because I'm kind of uncomfortable with God because I don't know how to communicate with him. I don't know how to commune with him. I don't know just how to just be with God. I, I think we got to get back to this idea of daily devotions. I'm devoted to him. Yes, it's a discipline, and yes, I have a time. Yes, I have a place, but man, I, I love being in this, in this word. I, I love this. In order to do this, you got to find a rooftop. Come on, tell three people right now, you got to find a rooftop. Three people, come on. you got to find a rooftop. You need a rooftop. Now, I know some people would say, man, I would love to, to find a rooftop, but my life is crazy, you know? I mean, you have no idea what it's like for me. I mean, I just, I, I don't have time. You know what? I, I do that in the car on my way to work. That's what I do. I mean, there's nobody busier than Peter and Cornelius. I mean, Peter is in charge of the entire church. Like Jesus said, you're it, Peter, and he's in charge of everybody. That's a busy day. Cornelius, he's a Roman officer. I mean, if anybody is busy, he's got hundreds and hundreds of soldiers reporting to him. I imagine he just gets up one day, he's like, oh, man, I am just really busy. I'll tell you what I'm going to do. You know what? I'm just going to pray in my chariot on the way to work today. That's what I'm going to do. But they don't. Both of them busy, but they, know, they knew they needed a, a rooftop. They know that they needed a place away from the distractions. 
I don't know how you are, but I am easily distracted. How many of you are easily distracted, okay? You're lying because you're listening to me right now. The people who did not raise their hand are the ones who are easily distracted because you're not listening. <laughs> I'm, I'm, I'm with you. I'm just easily distracted. Like the, uh, a, couple, uh, a couple days ago, I was watching a, a basketball game, and uh, that's, that's my thing. Like, I don't have many things. That's my thing. I, I like to watch college basketball, and so when a college basketball game is on, I, that's my thing. And, and so I'm watching this game with three ladies. Um, uh, it's Laura and my daughter Sky and my son's girlfriend, um, Caroline. And uh, they all want to talk to me during the game. There's an unwritten rule. We talk during the commercials and halftime. That's when we talk. But they're not picking up on this, and so I do what every guy does. I'm sorry, I'm going to let a secret out here, but we guys, and maybe you ladies already know this, but we just kind of listen to some phrases, <laughs> and we pick up on phrases so it appears we're paying attention, so we kind of participate a little bit. And so I'm kind of picking up on this, and all of a sudden the room falls silent. And I look, and all three of them are looking at me like, you're not listening. <laughs> I'm easily distracted. And here's, here's what I found is um, it's easier to hear God's voice in the quietness of the rooftop than it is the noise of the street. It's easier to hear God's voice in the quietness of the rooftop than the busyness of the street. Because when you're up on a rooftop, you, you gain a, a, a clear view. You can see from a better vantage point. You have a clearer perspective of everything that's going on. That's how it is in daily devotions. That's how it is when you spend time with God. Is you hear his voice a little bit clearer. You receive divine direction a little bit clearer. That's why divine direction is found in daily devotions. It's on the rooftop. So what, what is a rooftop like, what, is it, what does it look like? Like, what is that time, that daily devotion, what does it look like? Like, do I literally get a ladder and climb up on the top of my house? Like, I know some of you parents are like, that's a really good idea. I got a four-year-old. That would be the only quiet place I could find, would be the rooftop. Except that they would climb up the ladder, wouldn't they? Mom! You know where they put their fingers under the door? Hey! Hey, what are you doing in there? What do you think I'm doing in here? It's the bathroom. Hey, you ever see those eyes? Really? Then you can get no privacy. But I, 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 listen, for me, let me tell you what, my, my time with God, my rooftop happens at 5.30 a.m. That's crazy, I know. But let me tell you why it happens at 5.30 a.m. My kids over the years pushed that time earlier and earlier because I, I knew once they were up, I wasn't going to get that time. So I had to push it earlier and earlier. And for me now, it's 5.30 a.m. And my, my place is, is the kitchen table. And so I'm at the kitchen table. And it's not complicated. It's pretty simple for me. I just I get out my Bible and I look up the God time that the church puts together. And it's on our website. And so every day I read what's on the God time. And I just read it. And I pray and I read it. And then I'll just kind of sit and, and I'll pray for a few minutes about what I read, and some, can I just be straight up? Sometimes I read it, and I get like nothing out of it. And I'm the preacher. <laughs> I'm supposed to be able to get something out of it. And sometimes I read it, and I go, yeah, I'm not, I don't know. I'm not getting that one, but uh, obviously I needed to read that. And so here's one of the things. I'm so easily distracted. One of the things that I have had to learn to do over the years is journaling. 
Uh, and I love it that we're selling these journals right now, these God time journals, because I just, when I'm praying, I, does anybody else do this? Like you close your eyes and you're praying and the next thing you know, you're thinking about something else. Like straight up, honest, we're in church, house of God. I'm praying this morning, okay? It's Sunday. It's the Lord's day. I'm praying. I'm the pastor. And somehow during the middle of my prayer, I started thinking about the Super Bowl. And I was wondering if Gronk was still had a concussion or is he going to play? And how effective is he going to be in it? And I realized, oh my goodness, I'm thinking about the, the Super Bowl. And so I said, you know, and God, the reason I'm thinking about that, would you heal him in Jesus' name? That's, you brought him to my mind, Lord. You know, it was very spiritual, very spiritual moment. <laughs> but I find I, find I got to write. And so I, I try to write like one page a day. My goal is five, to, five out of seven days. I don't always hit that. But I, because I, I don't like writing, I hate writing, but it keeps me focused. I got a friend of mine, and he says he just journals uh, one page a day. Now, some of you are like, oh my gosh, what are you, a sixth grade girl? You're like, dear diary, you know? <laughs> You can laugh at me, and I always thought it was kind of sixth grade girlish, and then I realized, I was, I was reading my, I think what hit me is I was reading my grandma's Bible, and she had a little note in the margin one time, and I thought how cool it was. Yeah, there's my grandma's writing, and I realized, wouldn't it be awesome if your great, great, great grandchildren didn't just hear stories about you, but they read stories about you? Like, they knew what you were thinking, they knew your struggles, they knew your victories, and, and, and they saw it written in your own hand. How awesome would that That blows my mind. That is my greatest motivation for that, that every one of my children, every one of my grandchildren, my great-grandchildren, and possibly even my great-great-grandchildren, all of them can have a journal, and they can know what Grandpa was thinking. I just think that's one of the coolest things possible. And so, and then, so then I'll end my day. I like to bookend my day. At the end of my day, I just read a psalm. It's kind of a practice I've had for a while, about five years. I'll just read a psalm. I'll say a prayer, and then I just close my Bible, and, and, I, and I get in bed. Here, here's the thing. Your, your plan doesn't have to be my plan. You just, you just need to get a plan. Okay, don't, don't make my plan your plan. Just get a plan. Come on, tell, tell somebody by you. Tell them, get a plan. You just need a plan. Come on, tell them. You just need a plan. Get a plan. That's what we need. We all need a plan. And I, I love this, that, that um, the Jewish people, they have this custom. I love this, that they, they have times. Like, what if we bookended our day? How much different would our day be if we bookended our day that way? Now, I know, I know when I say that, some of you are like, you know, I do mine at this time, I do mine at this time. I'm just, not a, I'm, I'm just not a morning person. I'm just not a morning person. You know, we usually will use that whenever we're talking about reading the Word of God, but we don't typically use that in other areas of our life. Like, if you show up at work tomorrow, you know, a guy walks in, you're like, hey, Bill. They say, hey, uh, forget something, Bill? What? Uh, you're not wearing any pants. Oh, yeah, I'm not a morning person. <laughs> no, no, you know, I mean, you got you to you spiritually put on your pants, okay? I mean, you got you, you to gotta put clothing on, on, on your soul. And, and I think that when we have these, we will receive divine direction when we commit to daily devotions. And he, here's why I think the morning is so important. I, 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 you can have any time you want. I just encourage you, I encourage you with the morning. And this is why, because on the other side of that door are a whole lot of people that want to influence the decisions for your life and want to tell you the direction you should go in. I, I just sat at breakfast yesterday with my daughter talking about her future what she should do with her life, giving her encouragement, giving her direction. I pray that God used me to speak into her life. But there I am as a dad 
speaking into her life. You're going to have people that, that you value, that you respect, but you're going to have coworkers, you're going to have classmates, you're going to have people in the world, you're going to have people in traffic, you're going to have the TV, you're going to have the radio. I mean, tonight, tonight, they get this, they're paying $5 million to influence you so you'll go to work tomorrow and you'll say, dilly, dilly. <laughs> That's going to happen. And here's what I want to say to you. God has visions, he has dreams, he has plans, he wants to give you direction for your life. Find a rooftop. Find a rooftop. Can I get a dilly dilly? Wow. Can't get many amens, but I can get a dilly dilly. That's, uh, that's awesome. All right, so I just believe this. God wants to speak to you. And he will speak to you. But let me help you to know how this is going to play out for you tomorrow morning. So when you look at this story, after Peter received this vision and he goes down and he opens up the door, and, and listen, nothing miraculous was standing on the other side of that door. There's just two guys. He has this grandiose vision, opens up the door, and there stands a couple of guys. That's what's going to happen to you. You're going to get up on a rooftop. You're going to find that place. You're going to find that time. You're going to get in the Word. You're going to say the prayer. You're going to do the things, and you're going to get up, and you're going to go open up the door, and you're going to have to take kids to school. You're going to get up. You're going to go up on the rooftop. You're going to open up the door, and you're going to have to go to work. You're going to open up the door, and you've got to pay some bills. You're going to have to open up the door, and you have to go to school. You're going to have to open up the door, and you have to take the trash to the curb. How miraculous is that? Well, here's what happened. Peter... If you look at the story, Peter was kind of confused by this vision that he got, and it wasn't until he walked it out and that he had this encounter with the Gentiles that he fully understood the rooftop. This is what is going to happen for you as well. as You're going to read the word, and you're not going to quite understand it. I don't, I don't know what that means. I don't understand what it's trying to say to me, and I, I, didn't, I didn't get anything out of it. Biggest cop-out ever for not reading the word. I didn't get anything out of it. Just stop saying that. That's terrible. If you read it, God is imparting and planning something in your soul that he's going to use as a divine direction and destiny for your life. This is who our God is. So it may not make sense, but one day you're going to be standing there and you're going to be like, that's it. That's it. Because see, it's step by step, rooftop to rooftop. God is imparts direction to your life and you take it step by step rooftop to rooftop he gives you a vision and he plants a dream inside of you and you go step by step rooftop to rooftop step by step and rooftop to rooftop and step by step and rooftop to rooftop and you walk into your divine destiny that God has for you but divine direction is found in daily devotions